welcome to the show, Kate Gorbachova. Uh, fantastic to be able to talk to you. And you have quite an interesting career shooting bands. And uh, it's something that I want to dive into, find out um, how you got started and what kind of projects you're up to now and what it's like to be uh, involved with this kind of field. Um, so why don't we start out just learning a bit about you, uh, a bit about your life story, how you got started. Well, um, so first of all, hello everyone, Kate. Uh, I'm uh, originally from Russia and I actually came to US about 10 years ago um, to study music, hmm. which uh, I went to Musician Institute. And uh, the thing is that I've always did shoot because my mom used to do photography like not really professionally but like semi-professionally she was uh, doing it a lot in university years and then throughout kind of the whole time I was growing up there was always a camera there used to be a mm -hmm. film camera then we kind of once we started switching to digital I was already like grown up to kind of take it from her mm -hmm. and I started taking classes in Russia and um, I would say like my kind of going into music started when uh, I came here to study music because I would sometimes bring the camera with me to school and just, you know, like while waiting for people to perform, we had this like huge uh, hole like with lights and everything. So it looked like a real show. And I would just, you know, take pictures. Well, I found it interesting. Um, the thing I went to art school for was car design and I ended up coming out directing music videos that kind of went off in a different direction. Um, when you look back now and see that you went to school for one thing, because I know that you're very passionate about music, um, how do you view this shift that, that's happened? Because you're, you've gone in a bit of a different direction than what you started up planning as you started your education. You know, there's uh, the way I see it, to be honest, it's kind of, there's a saying in Russian that there's nothing mm -hmm. more permanent uh, than temporary. Mm -hmm. So the thing with me is that um, there were two reasons why the shift happened. First yeah. of all was uh, because after graduating the school, I was so burned out with music because I was always wanted to do more hard rock, metal, but we had mm -hmm. to do jazz. Another thing is just like so much theory, so much extra stuff that after school I was a little bit burned out. Like I still mm -hmm. wanted to stay in the world of music, yeah. but I kind of like was not there mentally to like rehearse, prepare things. And the photo mm. was a, and video was like an easier way to stay in the industry, still be uh, useful, still like talk to people, mm -hmm. but kind of like not do directly music. Yeah. And the other thing that honestly kind of made me really go into that is that 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 story when I almost lost eyesight. Ah, you should tell us about the story. Yeah. So, um, in I think it was 2018. Uh, I had a couple of moments when I had this like purple flashes in my eyes, but I didn't really like pay attention, like whatever. And then I was visiting back in Russia and I fell, well, I actually got trampled by a horse and I like fell on my back, hit the back of my head hmm. and I couldn't like see for a while and the flashes were really bad. So my parents uh, forced me to go to a doctor and I was told that I was really close to retinal detachment. Hmm. So like... They were like, we have to do the surgery because otherwise, like, a little bit of some physical activity or something and your retina will just go away. And I already have mm -hmm. one really bad eye. And it wasn't my mm -hmm. good eye. Mm -hmm. So that was a scary experience because, you know, I was like, I was very close to getting, like, fully blind, basically. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. 
And then I remember that once I like survived all of that, I came back to U.S. and that my visa at the time was a student visa that did not allow me to really, you know, work in photography or anything. Mm-hmm. But um, I decided that I'm going to go try to shoot shows, like just shoot whatever I want, like do things for as long as I can still see, because that whole experience I was like, I just realized that it was like, it was more important to me to get that out of the system, to create, to do things, to like do what I wanted rather than, you know, like being afraid of the visa or waiting while like that looming fear of that. What if I actually get blind and then I will just regret not doing things like mm-hmm. that was also a big push into actually doing things. And like kind of overcoming the certain bureaucracy and other complications that were in the way of that. Mm-hmm. Wow, that's uh, uh, inspirational story. So you felt a sense of urgency. It sounds like, uh, or maybe a removal of barriers, just to a, a sense of um, there not being time to mess around. That's how I interpret what you just said. Definitely. Well, I just yeah. felt like, you know. Um, I just felt like I just didn't want to like be in a situation that what if what if something happens and I just I didn't want to have that much regret. That mm-hmm. kind of was the push because it's like once you once you get so close to like something that scares you and then going blind is like one of the biggest fears in my life yeah. because it's actually a possibility to where I was like I mean like I just I just want to be at least be able to say like hey I did like everything like I used like I used whatever I said I had like I did things before like and hopefully, you know, it never gets there. But mm-hmm. that looming kind of ghost of the possibility, like it does scare me and it does kind of keep me moving. So how did you get involved with shooting bands? What were those first steps that you took? Um, around, actually, can I tell you, maybe 2014 to 2016, I was mm-hmm. in a doom stoner sl- sludge band, Behold the Monolith. And we mm-hmm. were performing uh around town and just like touring a little bit not too much but through that i kind of became um i, I got acquainted with a lot of uh, smaller metal promoters in town mm-hmm. and they knew that i was shooting because i was doing some photos for the band i was doing some videos for the band and then because we became friends they started uh, inviting me to a smaller show. And I'm, I mean, like, you know, it's it's a very small genre. So sometimes it's like tiny venues, dive bars, but it was still something to kind of get your foot in, start practicing. Mm-hmm. Uh, once I started feeling a little bit more comfortable, I started just doing, you know, cold calls. So like just uh, shoot an email to a band or a management and be like, hey, like you're going to be in town. I want to come shoot. And uh, that was kind of my start. So it's like very slow, but definitely... The thing that um with like concert and music photography in general it's it's a small world it's kind of hard to get into and especially like go to like bigger shows mm-hmm. and definitely in my case the fact that i knew some people from being a musician really really helped and then it just was in the beginning it was just you know quantity like you tried to get into every possible smaller or bigger but like every show you could do just to get your name out, just to practice. And, you know, it was, uh, yeah, it was kind of like, I was trying to shoot almost every day if I could. So were you working for free at this point and and giving your photographs to the bands to show what they did or were you being paid or how did that work? Mostly for free. Mm -hmm. Well, for two reasons. Firstly, like I just didn't really feel confident in my Mm -hmm. skill yet to Mm -hmm. ask for money. Um, 
Second, because it's kind of, you don't really get paid until you're on a certain level because there's so mm-hmm. many people that are willing to work for free. Yeah. There's, so in that case, it's like, it's, it's honestly, it's really bad, but sometimes like if you want a certain band in your portfolio or you want to just like practice, you have to do it for free because otherwise there's going to be 10 other people willing to do the same. Mm. It's like, that's the beginner stage. Um, and then, yeah, like in the beginning, it was just, uh, it was just doing like, you know, a lot and doing it for free just to get my name out. So people in the scene knew me. So I had a portfolio and all of that, but I feel like it's kind of in anything like that. First, you have to, you know, work like a bulk of work. So then you can yeah. be like, hey. So what advice do you have to someone who's starting out, someone who might even not have picked up a camera yet, but loves the idea of shooting bands and getting involved with the music scene? Uh, I would say that music, like concert photography, you know, a lot of times people give you advice, like it doesn't matter what you're shooting with. It's like, you know, just just get a good shot. Like, with concert photography, you are working in extreme situations, especially a lot of times when you're starting, you're not going to work with shows with good lights or just good production. It might be a dive mm-hmm. bar. And this is actually a place where, unfortunately, your gear matters. So mm-hmm. like if you can invest into a prime lens, which is like 1.4 or something, like a 50, millim- like 50 millimeter 1.4, just do it. Because for concert shots, you're most likely going to be in the complete darkness and you actually do use your gear to the maximum. That is mm-hmm. one thing. Second, um, that a lot of concert photography is not just about getting the shot. So, you know, it's like you should still know how to expose everything correctly, get your composition, but it's probably like half or maybe less of what actually allows you to get a good shot. A lot of it is how do you get into a show? How do you, like, if you're doing metal, how do you survive a mosh pit? How do you get close to stage without literally having someone flying to you? You know, how do you, mm. like, learn to be, like, be able to see what you're shooting, but also make sure no one spills beer on you or something like that? So there's like that. And then a lot of times what people don't know is that when you're working uh, bigger shows, unless you are directly with a band, like, if you're shooting for a publication or something, you're only given the first three songs, which means you only have 10, 15 minutes to get all of your shots for the show. Hmm. And that is another thing, like you kind of have to be able to work with that limited time and a lot of times be very in the moment because you don't know what, you know, you don't know what's going to happen. Every performance is unique. You don't, you might not know the lights. You don't, you just literally don't know anything. So you have to be so in the moment, but not just what are you seeing in your viewfinder, like you're taking the shot, but also be aware of your surroundings because again, like people, other photographers, there might be like security people. So that's what I'm saying. Like, it's just, I think the biggest advice here is just remember that it's not just about taking the shot. Like in many things, it's just like 70% of it is all the preparation, all the like being in player, getting to that place and talking to people and being able to navigate yourself in the space of a Mm. venue. That's very important too. I think that advice applies to quite a lot of creative careers, right? The act of creating itself is only a portion of what it takes to actually be there creating the thing, whatever that may be. And, you know, a lot of times also here, like with any creative things, like you go, you get the shots, then you sit in Photoshop and you're like, how the hell do I save this? Mm -hmm. Because again, like there's just so much 
imperfection that you in, uh, end up having. Because again, like you don't know what's going to happen. You, you don't always catch it perfectly. And what if there's strobes, like you don't expose it like correctly. So, you know, you also have to know how to save your shots. And I do really think that for concert photography, you really, really need to know your gear and its limits. Uh, you also shoot with multiple cameras, don't you? I do. Um, that is a very common uh, thing that actually concert photographers and wedding photographers do. Or mm -hmm. I would say motorsports too, actually. Yeah, well, I would say like, you know, anyone that finds them in yeah, the motorsports is a good example. Anyone who finds themselves in a situation uh, where you just don't have time to change the lens, like you might just miss so much in that, I don't know, 30 seconds or whatever it takes you to change the lens. So mm -hmm. a lot of times it's just a convenience so that you instead of changing the lens and spending time, you just like grab one or like, oh, no, I need another one. And you grab the other one. So let's talk about the evolution of your style. Um for those people watching, you should definitely check out Kate's um, Instagram. What is your Instagram again? Uh, it's my full name, dot .art. So it's Yekaterina Gorbachova, dot .art. Yeah. So looking through the, the feed of images, you can see that there's a very focused style. Um, that's definitely you, as I've gotten to know you. And I'd love to know more about how that evolved and uh, how you found your unique vision? Um, you know, that is a good question. I actually had this conversation with a friend of mine once, and she's like, if you're an artist, you have to have a style, you have to have a vision. And first of all, it's very flattering when you say that I have a style that's me. That is honestly very flattering. Thank you. Because well, it's true. No, thank you. Well, you see, the funny thing is that my philosophy about that is a little bit different. I think mm. that as long as you're being true to yourself, you're like, you know, what's your character, you know what you like, or like, just you know, you're just being you. That is all you need to have a style. Because mm. apart from, you know, I'm, like when I shoot, I don't try to think about, oh, my God, how do I take a shot? That's me. What I think about is, how do I take a good shot? What does like, what would fit like? What does the room, the band, the atmosphere, the mood, like, what does it inspire me to do? Mm -hmm. So, and I'm like, you know, if people want color, I'll do color. If like, it's, if I feel like it's black and white, it's black and white. Sometimes I will use all this like flares and prisms. Sometimes I don't, but it's, I do it because like, how do I feel in the moment? Like, what is it inspiring me to do? And I always try mm -hmm. to kind of adjust to the band, to the venue, and that style that comes out is not really something I, I'm doing on purpose. It's just it's just something that is me that I cannot get rid of. And you can just see how whatever that is, is, you know, learning and adjusting and perceiving the world, but not trying to be what it is. Mm -hmm. It's a very natural thing for me. Yeah. Like I'm not forcing anything. Yeah, I understand. But do you think that the thing that you naturally do in the moment instinctually has evolved over time since you started? I do. And, you know, I find like good and bad things towards it because mm. um, there's something about like a, I don't actually know how to say it correctly in English, but there's just something about like a beginner's luck or something, because when you mm. start and you don't know anything, like possibilities are endless. You don't have like tricks or something that you just rely on to. Mm -hmm. And I find that I'm at this point right now to where 
I have the experience and the technical ability to pull off pretty much any situation at a concert. Mm-hmm. But I do understand that I also have certain things that I came to rely on. And then sometimes when I find myself in a situation, like, I don't really like know exactly, like, I want to do something different, but like, I cannot come up with something very different in the moment. And it makes me Mm -hmm. sad. Mm -hmm. But, um, but there's definitely like, you know, you, you kind of learn like the shots you need to get. I also feel like when I used to do, you know, things for free and practicing and there was no purpose, there was more freedom. Now when you're shooting like, for a magazine or for a band or like for promotion, like you're a little bit more limited because in the back of your mind, you do have, Oh, I have to get this shot. I have to get that shot. I have to get the shot that's going to be used for this. And I don't know. It's just different. It's not worse or better. It's just like, it's, that is the evolution. Like it's different. You have different things in your mind when you do this. Have you ever found yourself in a situation where you've got your camera or you're shooting and you just feel so excited to be working with a, particular band oh yeah 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 why don't you you tell me a little bit about some bands oh you know what it's actually interesting because i think one of the times when i was like extremely excited i remember that i agreed to shoot a whole festival like four days of a festival because of one band because Mm. i really really wanted to see one band and it's a polish black metal band batushka so Mm -hmm. they what they do is that they play black metal, but they combine it with like Orthodox church chants. Right. So, and that was back when the band kind of like broke up and there was a lot of drama, but that's back in the day when, before all of that happened. Mm-hmm. And it was just like, there's no other way to see them in US. And I remember they coming out and it's like kind of close to me because Orthodox church is what I grew up with. Yeah. And like, you know, it's black metal, so it's like theatrical. They are all like in old orthodox kind of, I don't know how you, like gones, like like very old school. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, like, I think I like lost it a little bit. I was just like <laughs> smiling so stupidly in the photo pit. Like some other photographers were just looking at me like, what is wrong with you? I'm like, just don't mind me. I'm just experiencing happiness. Please, like, just don't mind me. So, yeah, that was... That was very exciting. And I think one of the other like exciting uh, things was my first arena show. That was very exciting. Mm, wow. So what band the, was that? Yeah. So like the first time, you know, you get to, because um, there's another thing. So with uh, this is also kind of, I feel like a little bit, there's some truth to that, but you know, the better the production, the better shots you can get. Yeah, because there's just more stuff going on. There's like better costumes, lights, whatever. And definitely arena shows are exciting because that's the only time you can get that shot of like a person and like a huge, huge place with like people. And then you get like fireworks or something. So my first arena show was Ghost at the Forum. And that was very exciting because I've just never shot in a place where there was so many people. And then you're like, oh, I'm shooting at like ISO. You'll understand it. 200, uh, 200 with like shutter speed four, uh, 400, like one 400, like with a long lens or something at the show. You're like, this is, this never happens. It's a lot of light. That's like, that is a lot of lights. So, like I can yeah. actually get a good, like, you know, close my diaphragm, get like a good sharp shot, shot, like no distortion, no um, noise. Like, you know, like this is, this is insane. This is incredible. This never happened before. <laughs> So let's look at your career development and uh, focus in on you starting to do shoots with bands away from live shows. 
as I know you've been doing that with Chelsea Wolf, for example. Um, so why don't you talk us through that transition and um, a bit about the discipline of shooting bands more for covers and and uh, PR and so forth. Shooting so shooting concerts is actually like a lot of times a tool that I find that allows you to meet people and then later start working with someone outside mm -hmm. of a show because mm -hmm. um, to a show you can get like, you know, you, you don't really meet the artists a lot of times when you shoot a show. But then you do get a chance to show what do you see, how like how will you show their music? And this is exactly what happened with Chelsea Wolf and with uh, a number of other Sergeant House artists is that I shot shows and they really liked what they saw. And then they like I shot several times with them. They realized that, you know, like I'm a normal person. I will shoot. I will not post anything weird. I will not post anything like like where they look kind of weird or bad or anything. So they mm -hmm. were like, hey, we would like to try to work with you. And. I mean, there's like, you know, everyone is different, but when you start working with bigger artists, they do want to make sure that they're working with someone who is nice, who is reliable. So it's not just about your skill or your vision. They also want to make sure they feel safe working with you. Mm -hmm. And then I feel like that's like shows allow you to show that you have the skill. And then you yeah. and then then if you can prove that you're a safe person, a reliable person to work with, that's when you kind of that other side of music opens up to you. So you want to talk us through some of those first steps that you took uh, shooting bands away from live venues? Yeah, sure. I mean, you know, as always, I feel like the beginnings are going to be more on a local scene and mm. smaller bands. But I was actually, I, I don't really, cannot really pinpoint it away how that happened. But I was very lucky that I was able to go uh, from smaller shows to like bigger productions. And I think at this point I'm, I shot almost all the bands that I've ever wanted to shoot. Maybe mm. Catatonia left. That's one band I still need to shoot. I just haven't <laughs> had a chance. And Porcupine Tree. That's ah. that's two well, bands there, I still... Porcupine yeah. Tree is coming to LA later in the year, I do believe. I am going to try my <laughs> hardest to get into that show. But yeah, I... Um, I think I was, you know, I just was very lucky to go from like small dive bars and stuff. I was able to be scouted by a couple of magazines. So they started giving me um, passes to bigger artists, to bigger shows. And then a couple of bigger artists noticed me from those magazines and then started contacting me directly. Uh, definitely my connections in the music world helped. And I was also able to kind of get into this whole prog scene and, you know, uh, meet Misha, meet Paul, meet Tosin. And then from there, I also like started you meeting. You might want to let people know who, what bands oh, are so in. Tosin from Animals as Leaders, Misha from Periphery, and Paul from Cynic are people that I've worked with and are good friends. And then kind of from knowing them, I was able to like, you know, because prog metal is a very small scene. Mm -hmm. it's like it's it's big but also it's like it's small once you know a certain amount of people kind of everyone knows you it's mm -hmm. it's very interesting so i was very lucky with i that. think most scenes are like that <laughs> that is true yeah like yeah. once you kind of you know you get your way there uh people like again kind of you you kind of get the approval that okay you're an okay person mm -hmm. like that's it you've been you you're in the family now so that's okay and i'm very grateful that i've been able to make it into that whole prog world because that's one of my favorite genres of music ever mm -hmm. and you know what um that was a question you asked a while ago but i just remembered one other thing that i think is actually important for concert photography 
and that helped me is that because I did study music, mm. there's certain things that you just know to capture. Because if you're just taking, a, and I'm sure you can relate to that with cars, you know, like yeah. one thing of just taking a pretty picture from a point of view of a picture. But the other thing is that if you can take a pretty picture, but also know what to show, what not to show, what to pay attention to. Yeah, yeah. So, and I feel like in anything you do, and again, like cars, music, that is very important. So in music, you know, you want to catch a solo in a certain point, or you want to catch like the finger somewhere, or like maybe get a guitar where you can see the logo because then people might uh, be able to use it for promotion or something. And there's a certain mm -hmm. small things that if you know how music world works, Like, you know, it helps you to get the shots that are actually going to be used and going to work. Because as with everything, it's not just about getting pretty stuff. You also yeah. have to get stuff that will work. What do you think of the hustle, the the need for an artist who's freelance to find work, to promote themselves, to connect with new people and so forth? Do you find that natural or do you find it challenging? What, what's your view? Um. It's a it's a very good question. I don't know. I think it depends on the day. That's mm -hmm. when I feel I feel kind of you know different about it because um, it's definitely something you have to do. Yeah. Um, I personally don't really like like to do too much cold calls and all of that. Like I had to do it in the beginning. Thanks God, mm -hmm. now I'm at the level where I'm putting out my work and kind of the most promotion is not really directly from me, but from people seeing my work. Uh, with other people or my work being published somewhere so I'm that like that is what's happening a lot or word of mouth because again like you know like as I said like metal is a pretty small world so mm -hmm. it's kind of like I feel like my job is more in order to like promote myself right now my job is not as much as to spread the word which is still there but just to keep putting out consistently good work in a timely manner and just try to do my best like that is literally the best promotion I can do is just trying to do my best and, you know, being a good person and being professional. But yeah, I mean, I definitely probably need to do more of the hustle and maybe get to different scenes. It's, it's just, it takes a lot of energy. And I usually tell people that there's so much different work I do because there's work I do You know, there's work I do to do to get work. There's work I get to get mm. money. There's work I do for like pleasure. There's work I do for visa. And that unfortunately not all the time all of them coincide, which kind of just makes makes me have to do a lot basically. Yeah. Yeah. So what further advice do you have for someone who's just starting out and likes the idea of being a professional photographer? Well, I think that just like in any creative thing, you know, it, it takes time mm -hmm. and you will, you will doubt yourself and the path and everything many times, many times per day, probably like, just be like, yay. And then, oh my God, what am I doing? Yay. Okay. What am I, what am I doing <laughs> with my life? That mm -hmm. will be happening a lot. And that is normal. I do think that there's also a big chance of burning burning out and that's definitely something that happens to me because especially in a big city like LA once you kind of start the ball rolling there's just so many opportunities so many things to do and then almost like you feel bad if you don't take all the opportunities mm -hmm. but I do think that it's just you have to make a conscious choice sometimes and be like no I need to like finish what I have 
make sure I'm doing a good work like before I take it something else. And that's also like a, for me personally, that's very, very hard sometimes to say no to things. And especially like, you know, once you've, once you've grinded for so long and you're just like used to just taking everything your way just to get somewhere, it's hard to allow yourself to realize that, Hey, like, I don't have to do this anymore. I can be a little bit more strategic, a little bit more conscious about my choices of what I do. And, Mm -hmm. and I feel like making mentally that transition is very hard, but it's something that people should allow themselves to do. But for anyone who is starting just, you know, just always remember why you went there and try to enjoy it. You specialized from the beginning. You had a focus with your photography and you were shooting certain subjects. Would that be something you'd advise someone to do? To narrow in on a specific type of photography and go deep in that direction? Mm. You know what? I actually don't know because in Mm. my case, it was such a natural thing. So um, as I mentioned before, I did take a lot of photography classes in back in Russia and I did Mm -hmm. portraits, uh, uh, objects, uh, landscape. Like I basically did everything, like all the basics. I studied all the basics and the focus on music here was not as much of a conscious choice, but Mm. it was more that it just became like music became my world you know, as a musician, as a photographer. And there's also something about, I don't know, maybe you felt the same way, you know, when you were shooting cars, but I feel like with shows, because they're always so unpredictable, it becomes like a drug because like you always feel like next time you're going to be better. You don't be prepared. Maybe you're not going to make the same mistakes. You're going to get a better shot because every time Mm. there's like something new you learn because of that whole unpredictability. And it's also like a little bit of an adrenaline thing. Because again, you're like so in the moment, you don't know what's going to happen. And I do feel like for me, concerts were a little bit of that drug. And that's also Mm. the reason why I became so specialized. Because it was just every time you go, you're like ready for the challenge. You're like, you have something to prove. And it's so addictive. One thing I think uh, when I think of you, Kate, is that you know yourself. You know who you are, what you like, what you're about. It's all very clear right? You've reached a state where you know how to put the cards on the table and say, this is it. And uh, I believe that you can see that reflected in the work. Um, Do you think that that's aided you in your progression, being just clear? Or do you even feel (laughs) what I'm saying is true? Maybe Uh, I just made this up. Uh, to be honest that's again like that's a very big compliment thank you i think you are way better than me at putting you know goals and achieving me and that's something i'm very grateful that you know i've been able to observe you do in our friendship Mm. and something that i'm taking a lot of inspiration and learning and trying to be more like you in that sense i think i still have ways to go but thank you for the kind words still (laughs) Uh, and you know i try um it's, it's interesting that I feel like sometimes I do get kind of, I don't know, like all over the place. But when I do put a goal, it definitely helps. So, for example, working with Chelsea Wolf was a goal. Mm. It, and it took three years to get there, you know. Yeah. But it, it was like, it was something. Well, uh, the goal was to work with the management with Sergeant House. And it was kind of like something that I wasn't even like 
always keeping in my consciousness. Mm-hmm. But it was something that I managed to set deep inside in a way that I guess it just guided me through the whole process. And that's definitely been helping. I think that uh, certain challenges or like, you know, just looking like um, in advance to the calendar, seeing which shows are coming up and seeing like, how can, what can you do? How can you kind of like work yourself up to where you will be welcomed there? That is mm-hmm. definitely something that uh, people should think about or like, you know, think in advance where like, what type of shots do you need in your portfolio so that later, like that what people need to see in order to hire you or be interested in working with you. Mm-hmm. So in that sense, definitely, I think there's there's some planning and like some knowing of where you're going that has to be definitely. Yeah. Well, we're talking, you're, you're talking about goal setting, right? But I'd also just... I'm curious to look at self-identity or having a solid self-identity that you can project outward. So people kind of know what to think of you or they at least you leave an imprint or a memory so that they think of you. I believe you've kind of found that place. Maybe. Maybe. You know, again, like I'm just <laughs> honestly trying to be myself and um, yeah. I kind of embrace the fact that just the way my life went, there's a lot of, you know, there's a lot of like, kind of in dark things that happened in my life and that definitely shows and that's why I also have it my in my Instagram bio I have it like terrible sense of humor because mm-hmm. I'm just like a relatively dark person but I'm always trying to you know find something good find some kind of light find something but but that just that just comes out I don't know that's probably like the biggest part of my identity mm-hmm. but I don't know. Again, like, it's very nice that you say that, but I don't know. It's not, <laughs> it's not something I, like, think about. I'm just trying to, my whole, like, self-identity is just trying to be honest with myself and being honest with what, like, what qualities I do I have as a person, like, you know, just, just in general, like, character, whatever, what professional qualities do I have? Mm-hmm. And how do I take what I have? And go to where I want to be, but without, you know, not, not like necessarily trying to change myself or anything, but like, Hey, what, what, what I have works? How does it work? What doesn't like what we do? So I always try to take a step, you know, on the side and not just look at myself like emotionally from within, but also from the side and be like, okay, this is, I'm that type of a person. There's certain things I cannot change about myself, but Mm -hmm. Hey, how do we, how do we live with that? How do we make it work? How do we move on? And that's, I think that that is the basis of my kind of whole process of self-identity and going somewhere, just trying to be honest and working with what we have and trying to make best with it. Beautiful words. Thank Fantastic. You. Well, thank you. We're going to close out with a question that I ask all of the guests on Radical Strategies, and that is, what is your Radical Strategy of the day? What's your final piece of advice for us? Oh, wow. That's, uh, that is complicated. (laughs) Uh, you know what? I would say trust your gut feeling because Mm -hmm. once again, nowadays the world is, there's just so much, there's always so much opportunity, so much things to do, so many ideas, and that is absolutely beautiful, but we don't have time or energy for anything. But if there's something that you think about and it just makes you feel like, yes, like you want to spring out and be like, do things. If you do have the physical, mental, whatever possibility, just follow that. And I have found that in my case, it's just sometimes you're like absolutely tired. Like you just, you just hate everything. You cannot move. You're like, 
but then you think about like a show or like somewhere you want to go and then it's like a little fire inside it makes you like persevere from the tiredness and wants you to go there mm-hmm. and i've learned that every time i do allow myself to follow that energy that is coming out of magical place always something beautiful happens and I think that is like very important because again there's just so much happening nowadays and if you can find that inner guidance something that you feel is like making you happy you feel like it's meaningful follow it I think it's very important beautiful well thank you Kate great to chat thank you.